In today's message, we'll talk about how God's calling for our life gives us lasting purpose and meaning. We'll see how God is at work through our work and how he also gives us an identity and a destiny that's absolutely secure in him. Hello, my name is Phil Bischoff, and I am the Director of Outreach and Youth Ministry at Crosswalk Church, and uh, it's my pleasure to um, give the message today. Uh, we are in our second week of the series, God's Calling for My Life, and today we'll be looking at um, work and identity. So I want to start with a couple questions. And the first one is, as you look at the work that you do each day in your various callings in your life, do you see God at work in your work? And how you answer that question has, has a lot to do with the amount of joy and meaning and purpose that you will find in life and that, and that you find in work. See, we spend the majority of our lives doing some sort of work, don't we? Whether um, you're a student uh, in school, whether you're um, working at a job where you get paid or you're a mother or a father, a parent, um, a child, you, you spend most of your time working and, and doing something. And so, and I think most of us, want to make a difference with the work that we do, want to find joy and meaning um, with, with our lives. And, um, and so that's why we're, we're having this message series, uh, God's Calling for My Life. And um, so the question that will be guiding us today is this, how does God's calling give me lasting purpose and meaning? So in, in general, I, I think we need to start with when we say that phrase, God's calling, what do we mean? So in general, God's calling is, is really two things. And we're going to look at um, the book of Ephesians to really get into that. And it, it does a really nice job of, of summing up God's callings for us in two verses. And it comes from Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So if you look at these verses, we can see two callings here. And the first calling is, is really the, the most important one. And it's that God has called you to be something. And, and that is to be his child by grace and through faith. So in that sense, we all have the same calling, the, the call to faith, the call to my true identity, to be something, no, no matter what I do, no matter what, what my work is, that's my first calling. That's your first calling. So he calls me to be something, and then he calls me to do something. And that's where my, my work comes in, right? So I have a call to being and, and a call to doing. 
Um, so when it comes to identity and work, they're absolutely connected. That I get my identity from God, he says who I am, and then I do my work as his child. So then, why does our work often seem pointless? And why can sometimes it, what we do seem so meaningless? And why is there so much toil and, and pain in work, right? Well, last week we talked about how um, when sin came into the world, one of the first things that God told Adam as a result of sin is that sin was going to affect work. That now work wasn't going to be just this beautiful relationship where we're worshiping God, but now there's going to be toil and pain and suffering, not only in life, but, but especially in work. And that's a result of sin. But also, I would say, is, is not only is because the world is a sinful place that work is affected, but also our, our attitudes that are affected by sin and us being sinful people, the attitude we bring to work absolutely affects the amount of meaning and joy that we find in it. And so now that this is where we want to turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. It's a fantastic book. Um, it's not that long. I encourage you at some point to read the entire thing. And the book or the word Ecclesiastes means teacher. And if you start out in chapter one, you see that the person who writes Ecclesiastes is King Solomon. And he calls himself the teacher. So he, he writes this book towards the end of his life after he accumulated lots of wealth, lots of status. Um, God calls him the wisest king to ever live. And, and so we go into the book of Ecclesiastes saying, all right, teach us, Solomon. Um, and so we start with Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 17. Here's, here's what he says about life and about work. So I hated life. Because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Now, what's important to know is that Solomon, when he uses this term in Ecclesiastes, under the sun, what he means is he is having us take a look at a life apart from God and apart from his calling. So that's what under the sun means, is there's nothing beyond the sun that a life without God, a life where we just are working with what we got here on this, on this uh, world, in this earth. And, um, and it's actually where our society has arrived today, is, is our society is really saying there's nothing beyond the sun. All you have is this life, and this is all you have to work with. Also, he uses this word meaning, meaningless a lot in Ecclesiastes. He uses it here. And to understand um, this word, um, I want you to, to think of a breath in the cold. If you've ever been where it's cold and you take a breath, you see it, but only for a moment, and then it disappears. That's really what this Hebrew word means. And, and so when he calls um, his life and his work meaningless under the sun, that it's, it's momentary. And, and, and also that, that it's meaningless. Now, if you're, if you're a sports fan at all, 
Um, you probably saw this story about um, Aaron Rodgers, who was this quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, and a lot of fanfare went with him being traded to the New York Jets. The Jets haven't won a championship since the 60s, and they are just so pumped to have this really good quarterback. And he spent all you know summer camp, there was this hype, and he comes out, and four plays into the game, he tears his Achilles tendon. And he's out for the whole season. And so Jets fans are saying, this is meaningless, and oh, it's all, it's all a waste, right? So have that in mind as an example that, that sometimes our work can feel that way, that it's, that it's all a waste. And Solomon digs deeper now, as we go further into the book of Ecclesiastes, to why it can feel that way. So let's look um, at, again, chapter 2. I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish. They will have control over all the fruit of my toil into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. So my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labor under the sun. For a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill and then they must leave all they own to another who has not toiled for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? All their days their work is grief and pain. Even at night their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. So you can just sense Solomon's ache as he looks at his life and as he writes these words, and he starts to reveal what's at the root of his despair. Now remember, Solomon was a man of great wisdom, great wealth, great accomplishments, and he writes about a lot of these in Ecclesiastes. And at the end of his life, he looks back, he looks at life under the sun, just looking at what he has done, and he comes to call it meaningless and has a lot of despair over this. So why? If he spends his whole life uh, working hard, which, which he did, and he poured out his effort and his skill into, what, what does he realize? And he realizes that he can't take any of it with him. And, and he spent all this sleepless nights, that all this great work he did, all it did was it gave him more work to do. And uh, he only realizes that now he's going to leave it to, to someone else. And, and maybe you've seen this or experienced this in uh, someone writes a will uh, and maybe has accumulated a lot of money and leaves it to their kids. And, and maybe you've seen it spent uh, in, a, in a bad way and mismanaged. And it's almost like you just feel bad for the person who worked their whole life to give this inheritance for it to just be squandered. When, when I read this, what comes to my mind um, is actually a place I went to this summer, uh, and it's called um, Dry Lake, and it's in the San Bernardino Mountains. And Dry Lake is a natural reservoir, so when, when water comes into it from the mountains, it, it fills up, but it's stagnant, and it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere, and then it just evaporates. And, and so I, I think of that because what Solomon is really saying is that if our work is just about storing up things in this life, we are going to be tremendously let down. 
and, and we're gonna feel like there's not a lot of purpose. Now, obviously, um, it's easy to see that you can store up money and store up possessions, right? And that's partly what, what Solomon is talking about. But often, we, in our work, we try and store up other things. And we try and store up accomplishments. That if I just get enough accomplishments, I'll feel my life is worth something. We try and store up degrees and certifications that if I have enough letters behind my name or enough certificates, it's gonna mean my life was worth something. Or we try and, and store up positions. If I get this position at work or if I get this um, just certain accolades. Or we try and store up approval of others that through my work, through what I do, if I can just get enough people to say I did something well or get enough people to like me. Or we store up, try and store up relationships. We think that if I invest a time in my family and if I kind of live through them, that then my life will be worth something. And not saying that those things are bad. Those are all blessings. And, and not saying that even leaving something behind for others is bad. But what Solomon is saying is that God's intention for our lives and our work is, is not about storing up for this life. It's not about being this, this reservoir. And again, if anyone should know, it's him. <laughs> because he, he did have it all. He was able to store up all of it. And, and sometimes I think, you know, we, we fool ourselves and we say, well, if I just could store up X, then, then I would be happy. And Solomon wrote this book to tell us, I've been there and I've done that. And, and, and to learn from me. Um, you know, work in a fallen world is hard enough. But if we, if we determine that none of what I do has any meaning and purpose, it's unbearable, isn't it? And, um, and remember, Solomon's writing Ecclesiastes from the perspective of life under the sun, where um, trying to look at what's life like if I remove God from the equation and remove anything beyond the sun. So, so Solomon's describing a life where you really try and make your own calling, where you really try and make your, your own meaning. And um, if you try and do that, you can try and do that, but what will happen is you will have a mistaken identity. And, and you will try and force to make your identity be through the work that you do and in the things that you do. Here's what I know. The times that I've most complained about the work in my life, it really was groaning. It, it, it was a groaning of my identity because what I was complaining about is what Solomon was saying here is, I'm doing all this work, I'm putting all the time, and I'm not getting what I thought I would get out of it because really what I didn't realize is that through that complaining, what I was complaining about is, is my identity. That I'm trying to get my identity from what I do and, I, and I'm not finding that, I'm, I'm trying to build it up in this reservoir to, to have purpose, but it's not delivering as I thought it would. And so my complaining is my groaning. So now um, what I wanna do is I wanna um, compare what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes about life under the sun with the Apostle Paul and what he writes. And he writes this in Philippians. And the Apostle Paul is writing as someone who is a prisoner in jail. 
And I, I want you to take that, he, does, he hasn't accumulated all this wealth and whatnot, but I want you to see what he writes. He says this, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ will abound on account of me. What a difference in attitude. What, what, what was it that allowed Paul to have this attitude even though he was a prisoner? See, through these words we know that Paul knew that his purpose wasn't just under the sun, but beyond the sun. And, and he knew his identity and purpose weren't tied to what he could store up, but they were tied to Christ. They were tied to the resurrected Christ who, who beat death, who lived for him, who died for him. And Christ was, was not only beyond the Son, but Paul knew that because he's the Son of God, he's in control of everything under the Son. So you see, Paul was fine with living or dying. And that, that if he died, he would gain way more than he could ever store up on this earth. So that's why he says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if he lived, that he would find tremendous meaning and purpose in not storing up, but giving out. And, and this is where Paul shows us about the attitude we can have in Christ, right? Is sharing, sharing the love of Christ in the work that I do. And Paul's showing that in these verses. And his joy would be seeing other people's joy grow in Christ as they, as they progressed in their faith. Here's the truth, God has called you. And he's called you not simply uh, to, to this life under the sun, but he's called you to a life under the Son of God. And, and, and that's, that's Jesus Christ. And he's graciously called you to this. And, and here's what that means, what Paul is telling us, is that my eternity and my identity are secure. Instead of having to work for my identity, God gives it to me as his dearly loved child. And, and my eternity's secure. I know when I die, I don't have to worry about what I've left because what I'm going to gain is so much because of what Christ won for me. And then my purpose, is not about being this reservoir, but my purpose is about sharing the love of Christ. So now I want to return real quick to Solomon in Ecclesiastes, because Solomon does give little hints about what is life like beyond the sun, when, when you do involve God, when God is the heart and, and soul of your life, and his calling is part of it. Here's what he says. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. So now he's looking at work and life from God's perspective, from beyond the sun. And, and that there is a way to bring satisfaction to work instead of just looking to your work for satisfaction. And, and he calls this the hand of God. 
that God not only gives you the ability to enjoy food and, and, and drink, but he gives you the ability to enjoy your work no, no matter what it is. And, and what this makes me think about a little bit is legacy. You know, there's all this pressure sometimes is people say, well, what's your legacy? What are you going to leave behind that people remember you by? And I think that's a little bit reservoir mentality that I'm here to store up something and that can cause despair. That can cause hopelessness because we're sinful people and, and we know that our legacy is going to have a lot of bad in it, right? What, what Solomon is saying in this and what he realized eventually and what the Apostle Paul realized is that instead of worrying about what your legacy will be, you can wake up each day and you can be a vital part of Christ's legacy. And so what that means, instead of worrying about what I'm going to leave to others and what others will think of me when I die, I can be God's loving hand through the work that I do today. And in other words, you don't have to be a reservoir. But what you truly are meant to be is, is a river. And, and I think of the Colorado River because it gives life to Arizona. Uh, the Central Arizona Project, right, is... is the, the Colorado River gets its water, it's continued to, to flow from the mountains in Colorado and it flows down to the desert. And then we made this canal to bring this life-giving water to the desert here. It's, it's one of the reasons we can have life here in the desert. And, and really what Solomon and what, what Paul are, are, are saying is that you're a river, not a reservoir. And that you are the hand of God, that, that God cares about good roads and he cares about good health care and he cares about accounting and he cares about all that and the way that he does that is through you and through your work and especially he cares about people coming to know his son and he does that also through you you're his chosen instrument for that take great satisfaction in knowing that you don't just live under the sun the s-u-n that your life is under the son of god that your eternity and your identity is secure, and that the work that he has given you, whatever it is, you can find satisfaction in it because he's chosen to have you be his hand in this world, his hand of love, his hand of provision. And we can find great satisfaction in a life under the Son of God. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for um, not having us just live a life under the sun, that it's not um, just a life where we, where we don't have you, but we, we get to live under your son, Jesus, and that just changes everything of how we view our work. We don't have to work for our identity. We don't have to work for our, um, our destiny. Those are given to us by you. And with the Apostle Paul, we can say, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. There's, the pressure is off. And now we don't have to be a reservoir, but we get to be a river, a river of your love and your goodness. And we spread it out uh, to people in our lives. And that brings so much satisfaction and brings so much purpose. We praise you for that and we give you thanks. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. And now go with God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. Amen.